0: What are you doing today? Come on. Come on. Come on. Listen, I just see joy being imparted this morning. Joy being imparted this morning. So if that's you, you need joy in your life. Just put your hand up right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I impart joy to every person with their hand raised right now. Lord, the reason for the season, this is a season of joy, and we give God, I impart joy to flow from your kingdom right now into every heart. God, joy to flow from your kingdom right now into every life, into every mind. God, joy would be our portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, studies show that if you laugh five times a day, even if you laugh at something that's not funny. (laughs) There you go. There's one that's two, some of you just got three, you'll be happier. Well, Pastor Matt, I want to be authentic. I only want to do things when I feel them. Yeah, but you felt things and you didn't do them, so you haven't been authentic. So let's be, authentic. Let's be inauthentic in a way that might help us. Some of you need to laugh. If I had a good joke, I'd tell one. I don't. So I'm not going to make one up. I'm not going to try. That'd be funny. (laughs) That would be funny. Hey, we're into uh, our divine healing sermon series. And man, like I I told you last week, this is a topic that I just love and love to talk about, love to talk about healing. The reality of healing is that even after we have a perfect theology of healing and how it works, we still won't have answers to certain questions that we ask. Why did so-and-so not get healed? This is perfect theology, <laughs> not answering questions. Jesus, when he walked the earth, he was asked, I think it's like something like 357 questions. He only answered four of them directly. Go ahead, read through the scriptures. See the number of times that Jesus answers a question with another question. Or he, they ask him a question and he doesn't answer. He just goes off into this other vein. They're like, Jesus, what happened to my question? God is like this. Moses comes and he says to God, you know, God, God, God gives Moses this great, incredible task. You're going to go and you're going to speak to Pharaoh and you're going to lead the, lead the children out of Israel. And Moses asks this question. He says, God, who am I? And what does God say? He says, he says, Moses, I will be with you. And to you are my perspective. He's not answering the question except that he is who moses says who am i and god says moses i'm going to tell you the most important thing about you i am with you god says to moses i'm going to tell you the most important thing about you moses i am with you Uh, how many of us don't raise your hands how many of us struggle with identity the, 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 the chances is that it's most of us. I know this because I've had conversations with many of you. I've had conversations, with, and, and I know that identity is a huge struggle for a lot of people. But what we have to understand is that the most important thing about us is that God is with us. God is with you. God is with me. Read throughout the scriptures. Whenever God says to somebody, right, there's all these times where Jesus says to people, He says to Moses, I am with you, says to Gideon, I'm with you, says to this one, I'm with you, that one, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. Whenever God says, I'm with you, it always came right after they were given or before they were given an impossible task. Here's what you have to do. Go and heal the sick. I can't do that. That's okay. I am with you. Go and preach the gospel and save the whole world. This is what God's given us to do. I can't do that. That's okay. I'm with you. I am with you. I am with you. And so it's in my weakness that he's made strong. You, You guys are sitting here today and you're like, I can't ever heal anybody. That's right. You can't. Neither can I. But people are being healed in this church. How is that happening? Because he is with me. And in the same way that he's with me, he's with you. He is with us. And this needs to be the focus of our efforts is that we need to know and we need to remember that Jesus is with us. Oh, man, ah, I'm fresh, fresh today. This is good stuff. All right, let's go. Here we go. Matthew ten seven through 8, uh, we're going to, today's sermon title, it is, today's sermon is entitled Heal the Sick. And he said, as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is right here. It's before you heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received freely give. He didn't even say pray for the sick. Now, listen, once in a while, you'll hear somebody pray for the sick. They're not wrong. It says in the book of James, the prayer of faith will heal the person. So you can pray for people to be healed. But what Jesus is saying here is that I've given you authority, given you my authority. So when you go command sickness to go. Command healing to come. We have to understand that this is the authority that we get to walk in as believers. When you go, say, and it's in quotes, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Tell people that the kingdom of heaven is here before them. And then once you've told them that, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. I can't raise the dead. I know. He just didn't give me anything else to do this is what he told me to do. Cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. We'll keep going. Acts 10, 38. Here Peter is talking to Cornelius and the house of Cornelius and all the people that are in his house. And that's a whole side message that, but I want to highlight this one scripture, Acts ten thirty eight. Jesus is preaching about Jesus. He's preaching about Jesus coming, about what Jesus has done. And he tells Cornelius and his household in one sentence what Jesus' mission on earth was. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. God was with him. God's with you. God's with me. God anointed jesus of nazareth god anointed god as if god needed an anointing except that jesus when he did all of his miracles here on earth didn't do them as god he did them as a man in full communion with god if jesus did the miracles as god i'm still impressed it's still amazing but I have no right to expect that I can enter into those things because there's certain things that God does that are reserved only for God. But God didn't do his miracles as God. He did his miracles as a man in full communion and with the anointing of the Holy Spirit from God. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, he's not saying that they're two separate things. He's not saying Holy Spirit and power. No, he's, he's highlighting one aspect of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be endued with power from on high, it says in Luke, or it's Mark 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 16 you will be endued with power from on high you will be specifically clothed with this power that god made specifically for you as if a tailor came and made you special clothing you will be endued with power from on high the power comes through the holy spirit in matthew uh, chapter 6 it says seek First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's not that righteousness is something that's aside from the the kingdom of God. It's just one aspect of the kingdom of God that the, the author is highlighting there. I feel like I'm doing an English class right now. And so here, as he's talking about the Holy Spirit with power, he's not talking about a separate aspect that you need the Holy Spirit and you need power. No, he's talking about one aspect of the Holy Spirit, this power. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the Son of God in the flesh, needed the Holy Spirit in order to do what he needed to do. I'm here to tell you today, uh, just an FYI, you need the Holy Spirit to do what God needs you to do. Yes. Yeah. Somebody asked me, somebody, ask, somebody will ask and say, you know, do we need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? Guys, I need the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. I need the Holy Spirit to drive down Hoosick Street. I mean, I could do it. There we go. Four. I'm counting the laughs. I could do it without it, but why would I want to? Why would I want to? Why? Why would I want to? Who went about doing good and healing all. Somebody say all. All all who were oppressed of the devil. Throughout the scriptures, read through the scriptures, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tells the story about Jesus' life. Every single person that was brought to Jesus was healed. And every single person that God sent Jesus to was healed. No exceptions. No exceptions. It's not to say that every person on the planet was healed because it's not. He what They weren't because in Acts chapter we see Peter and James go to the gate beautiful and there's a man begging alms who's been there for many years. He was paralyzed. He'd been there for many years. So there's the implication that he was on the earth while Jesus walked the earth. But for whatever reason, God didn't have their paths crossed so that Jesus could heal them. So that Jesus could heal that person. Jesus healed every single person that he was led to that came to him and all who were oppressed of the devil. It's good stuff. Because God was with him. God was with him. Paul says, I will glory in my weakness because when I'm weak, he is strong. When I enter into and I sign up for stuff that I can't do, God has to show up. Faith is spelled R I S K. Faith is spelled R I S K. Go ahead, get out there, take the risk, see what might happen. There's there's a fantastic story um, of Jonathan and his armor bearer, and Saul had you know messed it up again, and God says you know you're all dead. And Jonathan's sitting there at night in their tent with his armor-bearer. And uh, they know that you know, battles coming the next morning. They're greatly outnumbered, like some odd thousands. I don't even n- remember the number. And uh, they're greatly outnumbered. And Saul, uh, Jonathan says to his armor-bearer, hey, let's go. Come on, we're going to go out. We're going to find one of these little camps of the, of the Philistines. And we're going to go. And uh, what we're going to do is you know, they're hidden out in the clefts of the rocks of the hillsides. And so we'll yell up to them. And if they say to come up, then we'll go up. But if they say, okay, we'll be down, then we'll wait for them to come down. And this is the plan. (laughs) It's not a good plan. (laughs) Middle of the night, two against who knows how many, probably a dozen or 20 or more. And uh, this is the plan. But God was with them. They, They took a risk. They took a risk. And here in the midst of the story, Things begin to heat up. God says to Gabriel, Gabriel, this is going bad, but right now I see something. Get my popcorn. this This is getting good, and I like what I'm seeing. Some of you just got number five. That's good. You're about to be happy. And so... Jonathan and his armor bearer, they go up, they fight these Philistines on this cleft of the rock, and they fight, and they win through unsurmountable odds because God was with them. And then something extraordinary happens. Then God sends his angel, and in, and in one night, one angel slew 185,000 soldiers fit for battle. Come on. And God brings about a mighty victory. Why? Because somebody took a risk. Because somebody took a risk. Come on, I'm ready to start taking risks. I'm sorry, I'm ready to start stepping out by faith. I'm ready to start praying for the sick knowing that I have no power in me to heal other than the fact that the Holy Spirit is upon me and God has anointed me and God is with me. It's enough. It's more than enough. All right. John 14:12. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me the works that I do he will also do and greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. There's the invitation, guys. Jesus says, every single work that I've done, you get to do. And, and, and greater works. Sign me up. (laughs) Listen, I'll tell you about God's honest truth. I'll be happy if it's just the works that Jesus did reading people's thoughts, you know, bringing dead people back to life, walking on water, calming the storm. This is great. That would be enough. I don't know that I need anything in addition to that, but he said greater works than these. And so I'm signed up. And so I'm looking for the greater works. I'm looking for the works, but I'm looking for the greater works. I believe that we have been anointed with the Holy Spirit so that we can go and we can help others. God does this. This is what he does. This is why he did it. He did it so that we can go and we can preach the gospel of the kingdom with authority. So that when we preach and we say, hey, the kingdom of God is here. Jesus is real. God is real. The kingdom of heaven is real. Power and authority come out in Jesus' name. Proving the words that we speak. Jesus said, if you don't believe me for the words that I speak, believe me for the works that I do. Greater works because I go to the Father. And so this is how Jesus did it. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the Son of Man can do nothing by himself. The Son of Man, this is Jesus in his humanity, Jesus was divine, fully God, 100% God, and Jesus was man, fully man, 100% man. And so he's fully God, fully man, all at the same time. And so while Jesus walked upon the earth, he took his divinity, and he didn't get rid of it, but it was as if he tied his divinity behind his back, and he didn't use it the whole time. And so when he refers to himself as the son of man, he's talking about Jesus as a man, And so he says, the son of man can do nothing on his own. The son can do nothing by himself, but only what he sees the father doing. So Jesus said, I do nothing on my own, but say only what the father has taught me. And so Jesus lived by this principle that he only did what the father did. And he only said what the father said. I bring this up all the time. Watchman Nee in his book, The Spiritual Man, says Christians should say nothing unless the Holy Spirit prompts them. I'm 100% behind this idea. Uh, Immediately, it would probably eliminate 90% of conversation for most of you. A couple more of you just got another, another, another count there. But this should be our goal. This should be our goal to always hear the Holy Spirit and speak what we hear the Holy Spirit say. We may not do this well tomorrow, but make it your goal. And in 20 years, what's going to happen is you will only wind up speaking what the Holy Spirit speaks. A wise man holds his tongue, but a fool speaks all of his mind. Right? So sometimes we'd be better off just not saying anything. Right? Don't think that you have to say something just because there's air out there. You don't have to fill the quiet space. Let it lie. <laughs> uh, the son of man can do nothing of himself, but only what he sees the father doing and only says what he hears the father saying. There's an interesting scripture in Matthew chapter 15. It's the story of the woman who's, who's asking for healing. Um, and I'm going to read it to you because it, it really fits here in this moment. I want you to see something in the story. Uh, it's Matthew 15 verse 21. It's not in, I'm going to be on the slide. Uh, so if you have your Bible, you can open it or you can just listen along. It says, then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Cana, Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. And he answered her not a word. He didn't see anything at all. He didn't even acknowledge his, her presence. Watch this, guys. This is, this, is, this is vital for you to understand in your walk about what happens here with this woman. This is so important. She's asking Jesus, have mercy on me. She's exalting him, O Lord, son of David, giving him the honor that's due him. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. She's telling him her problem. And Jesus answers her, not a word. He ignores her. You know, I was at church today, pastor ignored me. Then his disciples came and urged Jesus, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. (laughs) So then the elders came and got Pastor Matt and told him my problem, and he was still not concerned. (laughs) Sometimes we need to take these stories and we need to relate them back to our, our own lives. And Jesus answers her and says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and she worshipped him. She worshipped him. And said, Lord, help me. Could there be a more pure prayer? Lord, help me. Worship. Lord, help me. And what does she say? What does Jesus say? (laughs) Doesn't get any better. He says, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. I was offended by what the pastor said. I'm pretty sure that I've never called any of you in here a dog. (laughs) Pretty sure. A dog. (laughs) I mean, at least he called her a little dog. (laughs) I don't... Puppies are kind of cute, right? Except for those little ones that just keep barking. They're a terror, right? I don't know. And here it is. She says to him, yes, Lord. And even the little dogs eat at the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you have desired. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. she refused to be offended by what jesus said or didn't say by his ignoring her she refused to be offended by his insulting her she refused to be offended that jesus was only sent to the jewish people and not to the gentiles She refused to be offended. Offense came after offense, after offense, after offense. This story is full of offense. Jesus said, offenses are sure to come, but woe to him who brings an offense. And this story is here in part to show us that if we refuse to be offended, and we simply push through and persist, we will get what we want from from God. It's interesting. Jesus said... Faith comes by hearing and hearing by a word of God. And so we could ditch our whole effort. Uh, Jesus said he's not sent to the Gentiles. I can't get my healing. Jesus said he can't do it. Something I've uh I've been chasing down is um it says in um First Samuel when David sins with Bathsheba and then murders Uriah. And then um, God says to David, the child that you bore will surely die. And then, um, and then David fasts and prays that the child might live. And I'm thinking to myself, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. David had a word of God that the child was going to die. And yet he fasted and prayed that the child would live. And so he stood in opposition of God and fasted and prayed that something different would occur. Because he knew that healing was in God's nature. He knew who he knew. He knew that he knew that he knew who God was. And he, what did he say? He said, who knows? Perhaps the Lord might. How many times do we see Abraham, Moses, all of these people throughout faith who heard, knew what the word of the Lord was, and they, they interceded anyways, and God changed what he did. God is waiting for a man or a woman to stand in the gap, to just push and press on him to get the faith that's required for something to come to pass. Jesus is here. He goes to this woman and he's doing what the father told him to do. What did God tell him to do? Go to the, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And what did he tell his disciples to do in the previous chapter? He said, don't go to the way of the Gentiles. And so Jesus is following his own instruction that he gave to his disciples. He's not ministering to the Gentiles. Why? Because that's what God said to do. I only do what, I, I only say what I hear the father say, and I can only do what the father told me to do. But here he is, he's entire Tyre, Sidon. He's in this place, in this Canaanite woman, this Gentile woman. She comes up, and she starts doing something, and she starts moving with faith that Jesus hasn't seen. And he sees the faith that this woman has as she's approaching Jesus, and she's refusing to be denied of what she wants. And what Jesus sees is that there's been faith imparted to this woman and Jesus knows that there's only one place that you get faith. I only do what I hear the Father say, and I only say, uh, and I only do what I see the Father doing. And so, in this moment of time where he had received one instruction from the Lord, he sees that God is doing something else that he hadn't really let him in on yet. And he's moving with faith on this woman. This woman has faith that he, Jesus knows she could only have gotten this from God. And so now. He breaks his own rule, <laughs> and he says, okay, I'll heal you. Wait a minute. Two, two verses before, you said you, you couldn't do that because you were only sent to the Israel, but now you're healing the Gentile because I see that God is in the midst, and he's moving, and he's doing something. He put faith here, and that faith could have only come from the Father. Right. You got something that you couldn't get anyplace else but the Father. Right. And so Jesus picks up on it. We we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit no matter where we are, no matter what we do. As we seek to minister healing, as we seek to pray for people for healing, we we need to constantly be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If you're seeking healing, you need to be persistent and not give up even when everybody tells you that'll never happen. I've never seen it. I know a God. It doesn't matter. There is not one sickness on the planet that Jesus doesn't want to heal. He wants to heal all sickness. I'm getting ahead of myself. We need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. We need to be so tuned in to the Holy Spirit that we see faith on people. We can actually train ourselves to see this. We can train ourselves to see things in the spiritual realm. But we have to be willing to to, to put put in the hard work. And we have to pray with our eyes open. <laughs> How many of us, when we pray, we always close our eyes, right? Start praying with your eyes open. Watch what God does right in front of you. I mean, you don't have to pray with your eyes open all the time. I'm just saying, like, don't be afraid to do it. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. In this manner, therefore, pray. Jesus taught us this prayer right off first, first bet. You know, I have this firm belief. If you simply just read and imp- and put into practice the sermon on the mount you'd be good one three chapters Matthew 5 6 and 7 if you just read that and put those things into practice you'd be good you'd be good that's it it's christianity 101 most of us don't get through 101 but is it there's so much in here that we're still struggle with forgive one another don't be anxious, don't worry, right? Don't lust, don't say you fool. Okay, that was, just, that was just one short verse. He taught us to pray and he said, in this manner therefore pray. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. What is God's will? God's will is for earth to look like heaven. God's will is for earth to look like heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no sorrow in heaven. There's no death in heaven. There's a lot that's in that's that's on earth that's not in heaven. God created Adam and Eve, and He put them in the Garden of Eden. He gave them the dominion over the whole earth. The Garden of Eden wasn't the whole earth; it was one small part. He said, "Be fruitful and multiply," and as they multiplied, their dominion was to grow. And they were to take dominion over the whole earth. But they messed it up when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of the good and life, good and evil that they weren't supposed to eat. Disobedience is sin. Sin is disobedience. And when they disobeyed God, when they obeyed another, they gave the authority that they had to another. They gave their authority away. And so the earth lived in this condition until Jesus came and died on the cross and he took it back. And he's, now Jesus says, all authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. It's, before it was earth, now it's heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all of the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. Take what I've given you. Take the authority. Walk in it and bring God's kingdom to the earth everywhere you go. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have been given. Freely you've received, freely give. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. The kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Carry peace with you. Carry joy with you. Walk in righteousness as you go. These are the kingdom aspects. This is what we're to, This is what we're to bring to life. This is what we're to bring to the world. We're supposed to bring the hope of God to the world. We are distributors of hope. Is the hope of God within you? Is it strong within you? Do you have enough hope that you can give it out when you go out into the workplace, into the, into the places where God's not, into the places where you're the only one who knows God? Do you have enough hope stored up that you can dish it out left and right? Whoever has the most hope wins. How many times do you see a football team and the Denver Broncos earlier this year when they're playing the Miami Dolphins, they lost hope. They got beat by 70 to 20 or something. They got hammered, guys. They lost hope. The defense lost hope of ever stopping them. They just laid down on the ground and said, let them go. (laughs) But their hope is returned, And now one of every four uh, attempts ends up in a turnover. How are you going to beat a team like that? You can't. This is why there's six in a row. Hope has been restored. Whoever has the most hope wins. I'm telling you what, I'm determined in my heart that I will have the most hope. God is a God of hope. If you're lacking hope, go and see the one who has it. He is an endless source. He's an endless source. He he is limitless. Our God is limitless. He, He knows no end. It's not like you go to the throne and you're like, hey, I'm here for some hope. And he's like, ah, oh, I just gave all I had to Fred. I'm sorry. I don't have any more right now. You'll have to come back. That, God has never, ever, ever said that. That's not even in his nature. It's not like the, the fuel stations, you know, where they got to be filled up. and then No, it's an endless tank. It's completely endless. He has it all. All we need to do is stop and ask. Hit the filling station. Be like, Lord, I need more. Lord, I know that um, I'm supposed to be full of hope, but it's really, um, uh, it's, it's pretty rough down here. Uh, um, you know, a, 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 a <laughs> what's the scripture? A longing fulfilled is a tree of life. How's that begin? Uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And so sometimes our hope gets deferred. It gets put off a little bit. But God is longing to fill those desires in us. And when those desires are fulfilled, it is a tree of life. Come on. Come on. Come on. On earth as it is in heaven, there is no sickness in heaven. None. Everyone in heaven is 100% completely healed and whole. That is God's will for all of us here. Some of us, we fight with ourselves and we battle with ourselves. Well, I mean, I don't know. Is it God's will for me to be healed? Yes. I'm here to tell you right now. Yes. Yes. If you're asking that question, I have the answer. The answer is yes. Is it God's will for me to be healed? Yes. Yes. You can stop asking that question. Is it God's will for me to be healed? Yes. But my sickness? Yes. But well, you don't know what I did? Yes. 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 It doesn't matter. Yes. Is it God's? Will? Yes. Yes. It's always God's will. It's never not God's will to heal. We're going to talk next week about a few hindrances to healing. There are some hindrances to healing, why we may not see healing. We'll talk about that next week. But I'm here to tell you today that it's always God's will to heal. If it was not God's will to heal and you went to a doctor, then the doctor is fighting against God. If, if it's not God's will for you to be healed, or some would think that it's God's will for me to be sick, which is another lie. If it's God's will for me to be sick, and you go to a doctor, then you're actually fighting God by going to the doctor if you believe that it's God's will for you to be sick. Right. <laughs> we have to run some of these conclusions that we make into, in our mind to the end to find out whether or not they're real. And we find out that they're not. This is something that I do. I have mental exercises, and I run conclusions to their end to see whether or not they're true, and it's very helpful for me. It's not true. God does not want you sick. God is not the author of sickness. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of king, the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people jesus went about all of galilee teaching in the synagogues preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases there is not a sickness that god is surprised at there's not anything that god can't heal nothing it does i don't even have a list but there is no list where god can't heal that injuries You know, accidents, born that way, sickness, disease, COVID. Put it on the list. It's God heals it all. There's nothing that God can't heal. There's nothing too great and there's nothing too small. Ah, you know what? This is just such a little problem. I'm not even going to bother God about it. No, bother Him. (laughs) There's that one uh, rom-com. I don't even know if you call it comedy. There's that one. um, And he's bother me, that's the line, come bother me, right? And the woman's sick, whatever, bother me. Go bother God. He wants to be bothered by you. He wants to be bothered by you. Bother him. Be, be like the, the, the persistent widow, Luke 18. Wear him out with your continual coming. Luke 18, I'm gonna answer her. The, the, the unjust judge says, I'm gonna answer this woman, Lest she wear me out with her continual coming. And then Jesus says, how much more will God not answer his elect who cry out day and night? But the problem is, is that sometimes we haven't cried out day or night. We asked, we asked once, oh, it didn't happen, must not be God's will. No. We read in the books of old that they had healing meetings that would go on for 7, 10, 14, 21 days every night and every day they'd meet together. And they'd just keep coming and coming and coming and coming. And some people, they weren't healed until the 21st day of the meeting after being at all three, all day, all long. Why? I don't know. Maybe it just took that long for faith to build in them. Maybe it took that long for them to get to a point of... Maybe it just took that long for them to get to a point of forgiveness. Maybe it took that long for them to just work out whatever it was that God wanted to work out in them. But you just keep coming and you don't quit. Don't give up. God is looking for a people. The end of that, Matthew 18, the end of that story is this. It says, the last line says, but when Jesus comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Oh. <sighs> Hits me every time. Matthew 14, 14. And Jesus went out and he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. You will see more people healed when you pray for people with compassion than you will with any other motivation possible. You can pray because you want to see the glory of God demonstrated You can pray because you want them to see a miracle. You can pray for any reason that you can list. And I'm telling you right now, if you pray with compassion, you will see more miracles. You will see more healing than with any other motivation of your heart. And so get a heart of compassion. Get a heart of compassion. If you don't have compassion, I know where you can get some. God has it. He has it in in droves. He has it in buckets. He has it by the by the truckload. And he'll give you as much as you want, as much as you can handle. He'll give you more than you can handle. But we're to be a compassionate people. And so when we see someone that's sick and they're sick because of something that they've done, we don't want to move in judgment. We want to move in compassion. Right? Well, it was your smoking that got you this way. It was your overeating that got you this way. It was your, um, you know, skiing down the hill at 65 miles an hour that ruined your knee. The, the list is endless. Uh, that was dumb. Yeah, it was. God will heal it anyways. It still compassion. Isaiah 53 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. When Jesus went to the cross, before Jesus went to the cross, he was whipped 39 times with a whip called the catam nine tails, and it would tear flesh out of the body and it's excruciatingly painful and the reason they did 39 lashes is because it was thought that 40 would kill you it says that when he after he was beaten and whipped that he was unrecognizable and so jesus didn't have to take those lashes for him to go to the cross and take the sin of the world upon him to bring healing i'm sorry to bring us salvation he could have gone to the cross without those lashes and he could have brought salvation to us. But it wasn't enough for him to bring salvation. He wanted to bring healing. And so he suffered and he took those lashes on his body and the stripes on his body are for, is for our healing. Don't let it be in vain. Will you press the Lord for healing? Will you press the Lord and say, I will push in and be the one receives the healing? Because Jesus already paid the price. The price was paid before Calvary. The price was paid in that praetorium with every single lash that Jesus took. He paid the price for your sickness. He paid the price for your sickness. He paid the price for your disease. He paid the price for your brokenness. He paid the price for all of it. And then he went to the cross and he paid the price for our sin too. Because it's not an either or, it's a both and. And when we get one, we get the other. Psalm 103, he forgives all of my sins and he heals all of my diseases. He heals it all. He forgives it all. This is who God is. We're going to get ready to take communion. 1 Peter 2, 20 through 22. It says, what credit is it if, you are, if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us leaving us as an example that you should follow his steps who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth who, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you are healed. And so we're healed because Jesus took the punishment in his body. It said that there's um, 39 different divisions of sickness in the world. Coincidence? I don't think so. 39 stripes on Jesus' back. By his stripes, we are healed. And so we're going to take communion today. And some of us in this room, some of you in this room are going to be healed simply by taking communion today. As we simply take communion, we remember the fact that Jesus paid the price for my sin. Healing will flow. We've had it before here already months ago at Redeeming Love where in the midst of worship people were healed. People were touched. Just in the midst of worship healing happened. Why? Because the presence of God was in the room. I'm telling you the presence of God is here right now. And now there's new revelation that you just gained that it's the stripes of Jesus that provided for the healing. The payment's been made. The payment's been made. If I were to have all the money that I needed to, and more, and I were to go down to the car shop down here, Mohawk Honda, and I were to buy and pay for a car, pay for the insurance, pay for gas for for 10 years. And I handed you the card and said, hey, take this down to the place down the street. And they got a car for you. All you got to do is show up, and it's yours. Just drive it, go wherever you want. Insurance is paid, there's gas, whatever you want. When you go into the place, are you going to start to fill out papers for a loan? No. Why? It's already paid for. And so it's the same with our healing. It's already been paid for. Jesus paid the price. It's done. It's finished. Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This bread is my body, which is forgiven, which is for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. And so right now we just want to, we want to take the body of Christ together. And so as we take the body of Christ right now, We wanna remember the lashes that Jesus took. We wanna to remember the stripes that are, is on his body. The stripes on Jesus' body is for the healing of the saints. It's for our healing, it's for my healing and it's for your healing. There's many things that Jesus accomplished through the cross, through what he suffered. And one of those things that he accomplished was healing. He paid the price. It's paid in full. And so as we take communion right now, we remember Jesus. We remember his body. We remember the stripes on his back and that they are for our healing. God, we take this together, and we remember that the payment has been made in full, and we receive, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. In the story of the parable of the sower, sower goes out to sow seed, and some seed fell upon the path, and some fe- seed fell upon the stony ground, and some seed fell among the thorns, and some seed fell upon the, f- the good ground. And each one of the seeds, it was eaten up, it grew up fast, and it died. It grew up, but it, it didn't um, bear any fruit because it had all the, the cares of the wor- world and the str- strife of life. But the seed that fell on the good ground grew up and produced 30, 60, and 100-fold. And one of the things that you want to notice is that the difference between the, st- the seed that fell on the, st- the stone or on the on the rock or I- among the weeds and the difference between that and the seed that fell on the good ground is that the good ground was able to receive well. And so we need to learn to become a people that receive well. You don't earn things that you receive, they're free. Lord, we just, we come tonight, or Jesus took the cup. As he was seated with his disciples, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink this cup, Do this in remembrance of me, for this cup is for the remission of sins. This is the new covenant in my blood. This is the new promise in my blood. God, we know that you are a promise keeper. And God, we know that you are one who keeps your word. That you make a way where there is no way. That you said that you heal and therefore you do. And God, we just thank you today for your blood. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, we thank you that there is nothing too great that you won't forgive us of. So God, as we come and as we take this cup right now, God, we just take a moment to call to mind everything that we would want to ask forgiveness for. Lord, if there's anything standing in the way of me and you and our relationship, God, reveal it now. Jesus. In Jesus' name. If you're here today and you've never entered into this relationship with Jesus, if this is new language for you and you don't know what I'm talking about, but you want to do that today, you want to have this relationship with God, I'm just going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray it with me. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner. I ask that you would forgive me of my sin, that you would come and live inside my heart, and that you would help me to live for you all the days of my life. I believe that you are the son of God, that you lived a perfect life that you took my sin in your body and that you rose on the third day. God, I believe that you died for the forgiveness of my sin, for the healing of my sicknesses, and for the deliverance of my soul. God, we thank you and ask you to help us live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. If that's you and you just prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to check the box on the back of your Engage card that says, Today I follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior for the first time. If you check that box, I'm going to send you some information that explains your decision, what it means, and what your next steps are. Your first and most important next step is to find a good church to belong to. If you like it here, we'd love to have you here. Um, if you'd rather uh, not attend here, if you're from out of the area, we'd love to help you find a good church. We know of many... Uh, good churches in the area and some on the you know in other areas of the world so we'd love to help you find a good church if that's you and uh, so fill that out thank you for coming today hey we've got a healing service this wednesday night we've been talking about healing we are praying for healing and we are seeing healings so um please 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 come on out wednesday night get your friends get your neighbors anybody that you know that's sick injured hurt anything bring them out on Wednesday. We're going to have a service. We're going to pray for the sick and we're going to see people healed. A couple testimonies, three or four from Wednesday. Uh, Last Wednesday, we saw some people healed. So we're going to see it again this Wednesday. I I believe that the number is going to increase and uh, we'll see you guys here next Sunday. um, Offering. Come on up, receive the offering today. Uh, And one word of knowledge before I turn it over to Lauren. There's a word of knowledge for lumps on the back of the neck. So if that's you, come on up and let our prayer teams know who will be up here later uh, that that's you. And we would love to pray for you if that's you. Lumps on the back of the neck.
1: Okay. Um, There are four ways to give. There's a card in the back of the seats, and they're also up on the screen um, for anyone who uh, needs to give. Um, So I just wanted to give a quick story. Um, At the the beginning of this year, I had finished um, my health coaching degree, and um, I was currently working at St. Peter's, but on maternity leave because we had our son, Jax. And um, my goal was to, you know, have an infant and, uh, you know, start my own business and, you know, all the things. Yeah, so, um, but really I didn't want to go back to um, working in the lab. I wanted to do, um, you know, the health coaching. And so when it came to August and my maternity leave was up, and I was like... um, I, I had a goal, and I, had, I wanted a certain number of clients and, um, to meet our family's finances. And I was like, okay, God, like, I haven't really had time to do this. And I wasn't at the number, so I'm like, okay, like, I guess I'm going back to um, the lab. And like, that's fine. I, I liked my job, whatever, but that's not what my plan was. And so I was really unsettled about it. I had contacted my boss and everything, and I was like, all right, this is the day, I'll come back, blah, 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 these are the hours, I'll work. And he was like, fine, that's great. And then I was like, just, not, I didn't have this piece. And so I needed to make sure that it was unsettled from God and not because it wasn't my plan. So I was up at like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I was like, okay, God, like, I need to know. Like, I'm about to start work in a week. I need to know if this is you telling me not to go back or if it's just my you know me not wanting to and so i opened my bible and the verse first verse i just looked at it said trust god and i was like okay well there's that <laughs> and then the next week um or not even the next week a couple days later somebody randomly that i didn't even know called me about health coaching and I was like, okay, so you can bring me random people. Got it. I don't have to do anything. And so I talked it uh, over with Barrett. And we agreed that, you know, God was allowing me not to go back to the lab. So I called my boss. And I was like, hey, just kidding. I'm not going to come back. <laughs> but he understood. He, he knew what my, my goals were. And we were friends. And so so we didn't go back. But then there, there was the whole, like, okay, so I don't have the clients to meet our bills and I'm not going to work and so it's like okay god I am not stressing I'm also not sleeping but I'm not stressing no but so so we had seen god work in our finances in previous years and so I I was a little anxious about it I won't lie like that's you know the truth and so like when the math doesn't add up the math doesn't add up and so I was like, okay, God, but I really do trust you, and I really do believe you've done this before, and can I tell you that month after month after month, and I'm, we are still in it, and like, I will tell you, you know, most people like to talk about, you know, the things they've been through, and this is something we're still in, but like, guys, the math doesn't add up, and we have had more every month than we've needed, and I was just like, God, like, that's amazing, like, that's awesome, and so, I just want to encourage you that like if you are struggling with like the math to give right and god's put something on your heart like just do it and he will continue to bless you and you don't have to be afraid because he says you know even how much do i provide for even the birds and how much more do i love you and so like if you really believe that then like do what he's asking you to do and don't be afraid and Like, I don't know how long this will go on for, but I know that as long as it needs to, God will provide for us. And so I just want to encourage you guys. So, Lord, uh, I just thank you for all of the givers. This is an amazing giving church, Lord. Just lift them up, encourage them, bless them beyond their needs, Lord Jesus, so that they can pour out on others. I just pray that the money that goes into the buckets today that you sow and that you give wisdom for the church to use appropriately, Lord God, that your will, that we allow heaven to come to earth with the finances that we are bringing today, Lord Jesus. We just pray this all in your mighty, mighty name. Amen. So again, if you are a first-time guest, please make your way over to the Connect Corner. You'll get an amazing T-shirt. And our prayer and healing teams will be available on either side under the screen for anyone um, who wants. Have a great day. See you next week.